Today, I just want to talk to you a couple of minutes about a precious verse, or rather a precious uh, chapter, Psalms 91. Uh, God has given me uh, that desire to just read it over and over again and, and just to read it for me, for myself, just to, to remind myself in, in a day that's fraught with danger, uh, in a, during a time where, my God, people wake up, go to work. Like you had mentioned that uh, you say you don't wake up in the morning wanting to harm anybody. just want to do your job, go home at the end of the day, Right? But we don't know today. We walk, go to the streets, we don't know. Suddenly there's a shootout. Or suddenly there are issues that arise. And, and many times I say this, listen, I don't have to get in trouble. I don't have to seek getting in trouble. It just comes, it just comes finding me, you know. Uh, the other day I was talking to a minister friend of mine and his son, uh, just because he was hanging out with some kids, they arrested all of them. And the kid was innocent. He didn't have anything to do with what they did, but he, just because he was there, Sometimes you just being alive, you're going to get in trouble. And, and so we have to pray for our kids. We have to realize that there are promises in scriptures that belong to us. But uh, if we don't apprehend them, if we, if we, it's, it's almost like a, a lawyer won't automatically take your case unless you ask him. That's why you need to understand titles in scripture. The Bible calls Jesus our advocate, right? He's an advocate. The Holy Spirit's like an advocate to us. An advocate is somebody comes alongside and helps you. But if you uh, go to court, you can't just show up and say, okay, I'm going to take my case. You have to have an advocate. You have to have somebody that knows that system. You know, the, the, the judge will ask you, who's representing you? Oh, I'm representing myself. I say, are you sure? You, you don't want to do that. You don't know this world. You know, there's certain ways this world works. And, and you, you're just going to make a fool out of yourself. And then most judges will say, I won't even have this in my court. Get out and find yourself a representative. It's just the way it is, right? So in the spirit realm, Jesus has authority. And the enemy also has many titles. One of the titles is the accuser of the brethren. Did you know that? One of the enemy's titles are the accuser of the brethren. What does that remind you when you hear the word accuser? It's a question. Don't talk at the same time, all of you, just one at a time. Huh? Somebody's pointing a, a prosecutor, a prosecuting attorney, yeah, right. What else? You raise your hand? Oh, okay. And anybody else? When you hear uh, somebody that's... A witness. A witness to your deeds. A witness to your deeds. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and it's true because the enemy knows our life. He knows the mistakes we've made, the sins we've committed. So in the heavenly court, you stand there. Are you standing alone? No. Jesus is standing with you. So the prosecuting attorney or the accuser of the brethren will go before God the Father who is the just judge. And he'll say, Your Honor, this guy I know him very well. Back in 1984, he did this. In 1985, he did this. In 1986, he did this. He's done this. He'll bring the litany of things that you've done. And guess what? He has the right to do so. He has the right to do so. He goes before heaven's court and condemns you. He goes before heaven's court and he, he starts a case against you. And if you're alone, if you don't have Jesus, you're on your own. The judge who is just, almighty God, he knows that you did those things. So there's no fighting that. Here on earth, we can lie and get away with it. We've been seeing that lately, right? 
Politicians lie all the time. But they don't call them lies. They call them untruths. <laughs> they, 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 they call them different names. It just amazes me how they can wordsmith their way out of stuff. Yet you and I, we like, that's it. We get caught. They grab a boom. That's it. We're in prison. Amazing. Just that totally amazes me. The way if you're smart enough, if you know the system. I remember black, black, back in the years where Clinton was president, he got caught. <clears throat> and, you know, he... he it got so ridiculous. He would say, it's depending on the way you use the word is. <laughs> is could be used this way and that way. And, and everybody's looking at him. Everybody, everybody, the whole nation's going. <laughs> he even got impeached. But he never left office. Amazing. But you can't do that in the presence of God. So you could do that man to man. We can lie. Some of us, we lie straight face. Some of us, we lie and we promise on a stack of Bibles. Some even have the nerves to mention their mom while they're lying. No, 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 on my mother's grave. Okay, let's make a line. Let's start slapping you one at a time. Right? And we know they're lying many times. But you can't lie before God. So, but here's what happens. When you have Jesus, Jesus is right there with you. The prosecuting attorney comes he did this and this and this and this and that. The father says, recognized. Then, let's say it's me. I go before God. God, I have my lawyer right here. I have my advocate. Jesus, you advocate for me because I don't understand the system here. You do. So he'll go before the father. He says, it might be all true, but he received me. And I forgave him of all his sin. I now stand in his place. And since I'm innocent, I declare him innocent too. So the father then goes, case closed, he's innocent. The prosecuting attorney goes, that's unfair. That's the way a heavenly court works. When we have Almighty God on our side and he forgives us, our, our record is expunged. And I love that word expunged because that means it doesn't have any merit anymore, any power, any authority to hurt you any longer. Right? So because of that, we have to consider God's promises, which are more powerful than anything we can do here in this earth realm and in eternity. Psalms 91 says this, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. Verse 3, for he will rescue you from every trap. Yours might say from the snare of the fowler, but from every trap. And he'll protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. Verse 4, he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Wow. Father, thank you for your word. Dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you open it up to our understanding, that we might be able to know your word intimately, that we might be able to embrace your word and your promises, your faithfulness, and your ability to produce the very things that your word says to us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are a good God. You are good all the time. Holy Spirit, reveal to us your word, I pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. So in a couple of minutes, I love this because it says, those who live in the shelter. 
Shelter, we know uh, there are many variations of what it means. Shelter could mean a, a home and a boat. Shelter today in the inner city could mean a place where you could go for protection, for um, food, uh, to have a roof over your head, at least for the night. Right? There are people that live in shelters because they don't have a home of their own. So it becomes very important. What, when I say shelter to you, what do you think about? Protection? Safety? Cover, absolutely. It's a, it's a cover from the elements, absolutely. All right, those are good definitions. I like that. But I love it because when you consider the word shelter, it's something that affords or covers something that gives you protection. Like, for example, bomb shelter. See, there's protection. And so when we come before God, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High, right, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty or the shelter, right? When we come to God Almighty, there is a divine protection. So I want you to understand something now. I can't be with you Wednesday at 3 in the morning. I might not take your call at Saturday, 7 p.m. But Almighty God is always listening, and He's always there with you. We have to learn how to embrace God's Word for ourselves. We have to learn to become biblical Christians. Because let me tell you something. You can go before God with tears, and sometimes nothing will happen. But you go before God with His promises, and it always happens. Because God is moved by His Word. God is moved by His promises. Everything He was going to do for us, He's already done. Now it's released into our authority, but we have to activate it now. We have to declare God's word. There's death and life in the power of our tongue. And many of us get beat up because we don't apply God's promises into our life, into our specific situations. You see, many times I've remembered in my life where I could have been murdered, I could have been hurt, I could have been killed, I could have been beat up. But each and every time uh, I would just shout out God's word or declare God's word. Anytime, I always bring it back to God's word because I realize that in and of myself, I'm not strong enough to, to, to defeat the enemy. I don't have what it takes in the flesh, but I have his promises. And going back to being a police officer, you know, Officer uh, Bonilla, he's not an officer every once in a while. Sometimes he wakes up in the morning, he puts on his uniform, says, today I don't feel like an officer. I don't know why, I just don't feel like it. No, it doesn't make a difference how he feels. He's an officer because he's duly authorized. You, you understand my point? So whether he feels it or not, he still has the authority. In the same way in the spirit realm, we have the authority to utilize God's word. We need, we're the ones that, that need to put on the whole armor of God. What's part of the ar armor of God? The sword of the spirit. spirit. The sword of the spirit is what? God's word. And if you look at all the, 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 uh, the armor, it's all God's word. Yes. It's all Jesus, yes. right? So when we apply God's word, God's word becomes to us divine protection. God's word becomes provision. God's word becomes a shelter to us. I might have a roof over my head, but without Jesus, I have no pr protection against the elements. But if I have Jesus, I have protection against the elements. Don't, let me tell you something. The enemy doesn't like you at all. He would slam you against the wall in a heartbeat if he could. Many times there's things he can't do to you. You know why? Because God has said you can't touch this person. Why? Because I said so. 
Look at the story of Job. When the enemy went before God, because he has to, he has to report. He, when he went up there before God, God boasted about Job. It wasn't the enemy. The devil didn't go up there and say, you know, I don't like that guy, Job. God said, have you seen Job? Just and righteous. I love him. I love the way he stands for me. So the enemy goes, yeah, but God, you've protected him. He has a hedge of protection around him. This man, I can't touch him. Insight. That's why, that's why you've gone through stuff. It could have been a lot worse. You know why? Because God said enough. Because you're, you're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. See? And it's interesting because even in the story of Job, I just, I, you know, I love God. Because he, every, everything he does have a, has a reason. And the story of Job has a reason. When you look at the story of Job, it's amazing because God said to, to the enemy, he says, all right, you can touch him, but don't touch this. He gave him even a limit as to how far he could touch him. And let me tell you, Job went, we say it in Spanish, la prueba de hope, the, the, you know, the, the trials or the tests of Job. In other words, that guy's going through a hard time. It reminds you of the trials of Job, right? So Job is going through all this. Guess what? Job did not know the conversation that God had with the enemy. God did, uh, Job had no idea that God was trusting in Job. You touch him, you watch, he's not going to deny me. So the enemy came, he threw his best at him took his home away, took everything away. Even, he even became sick in his body. And he just sat there and he complained about himself, he complained about his life, but he never cursed God and he never spoke badly about God. And at the end of the trial, which is about a year and a half, two years maybe, and he lived a long life. So this man was blessed for, I don't know, 100, over 100 years, right? Well over 100 years. But the beauty about it, two years he went through the trial. But when God restored him, he restored double for his trouble. So you might be going through something now. But when God restores it to you, he's going to give you double for your trouble. Praise God. But see, when, you, when we're scriptural, when we go before God, we realize it's not emotion that moves the spirit realm. It's faith in God's word. It's not just faith. I have faith. Yeah, well, I have faith that the sun will shine tomorrow. I have faith it won't rain tomorrow, but it, yet it rains. What do you have faith in? Your faith is only as strong as the thing or the person that you're trusting in. So when our faith is connected to Almighty God, now your faith is cooking with gas. So to speak, so to speak. So I love it because... God to us, he is a shelter. God to us is a protection. He protects us. It also says it's an establishment that provides food and shelter. So God is our provider, right? Now, do we have issues right now with provision as a nation? Absolutely. Let me tell you, things are going to get more tough. I told you a couple of months ago, maybe about nine months ago, start looking at gold, right? So wait for it to go down to about a hundred, you know, a thousand or something, and then start putting away, socking away some gold. Gold suddenly shot up. Uh, the, the GLD equivalent, uh, I, I think so, the ETF, it went from a hundred to hundred and thirty. It's overnight. Amazing. Those that stocked up on a little bit of it realized, oh my God, we're doing good. Well, guess what? The prophets have been saying that for a long time. Wait for it to go down to, to a, like a thousand. Once it goes down to a thousand, start putting some away. Because God's given his people an opportunity. It's a season to be able to prosper. 
But we're not, li- we're not listening to God. God is giving strategy every day. Every single day he's giving strategy. And your strategy might be a little different than my strategy. But bottom line is, God is our provider. Say to your neighbor, he's my provider. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he is a provider, and I love him for that. So, amen, praise God. Say one more time, he is my provider. Let it sink in. See, because today I don't understand. Many Christians, they hear the word, it goes in one ear and out the other. I want you to rehearse that every day, to speak it every day. He's my provider. Uh, you know, we all should memorize Psalms 91 and just rehearse it to ourselves because faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. And it doesn't make a difference what age you're at. I remember at age 15 when I first came to the Lord. And, and, and I heard this for the very first time. I said, oh, my God, you mean I can trust God's word? I thought only the priests in the Catholic Church had the authority of the word. I didn't know I had the right, you know, right to read it or to understand it or to even preach it. But once I started applying it to my life, my whole life changed. Amen. See, I knew for a fact that at age 15 I was going to go nowhere. I knew for a fact that our family was crazy. <laughs> yeah, because that's what my family told me. My mother would constantly tell me, oh yeah, you, Nazarios, you're crazy. And to a certain extent, she was right. When I looked at the history, I said, man, we're some crazy folk. (laughs) Right? But yet the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He has a better future for me. A sound future. He wants to walk life with me and give me the privilege of partnering with him. Amen. Amen. And then I started seeing things differently as I applied God's word to me. So before when I said, I knew I was going to be an alcoholic, I knew I was going to, you know, die early, suddenly I started realizing, oh my God, that was a narrative that was fed to me by people that were ignorant. They didn't know that there was an option. They didn't know because they didn't know Christ. They didn't know the word of God. So as I started studying the word, I said, whoa, hold on a second. My life is valuable, so I don't need this junk. I don't need that. I don't need I started letting things go. Why? Because the word was giving me better opportunities for my future. And then he was showing me how my, my, my eternity is already settled. So I started losing some of the, the fears that I had to deal with because I had no hope. The word brings us hope. She so says, he shall cover you with his feathers feathers. You shall rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, let me ask you a question. How close do you have to be to somebody to be able to rest in their shadow? Hmm? So God allows us to come close to him. He's not asking you for a general relationship. From, like, you know, how many of you had lunch with President Obama? You're not getting close to this man. You're not getting close to these congressmen. You're not getting close to the vice president. You know, they they talk to you from the television. We can only touch the glass. (laughs) You're not getting close to any of them. But you can get close to God. He invites you to come into his shadow. Hallelujah. And this is the type of relationship I have with Almighty God. I'm under his shadow. I know he's close to me. Actually, the Bible says his spirit lives within me. So, I mean, you can't get closer than that. But what I'm saying is that many of us don't have that relationship where we can touch God. We could touch his love, his grace, touch him by his word. That's a mistake. That's a mistake because he invites you to come close to him. What did Jesus say when, when he taught us to pray? 
pray this way. Then he said, our what? What does that mean to you? It means father. It means family. It means you belong to him. Yet, those around him, the ones that were supposed to know the law, that were supposed to know God, the ones that represented the priests of that day, were saying, no, you can't get close to God. You can't even mention his name. It was a fearful relationship. It was a hands-off relationship. It was a relationship that says, him over here and me over here. And perchance, if he has mercy, maybe, maybe I might be able to be saved one day. No, he invites you to have a personal relationship with, with you. He, he, look at the birds, the way the birds are. Have you ever seen birds, uh, you know, the, the mother bird, the mother hen or whatever? They go right on top of the egg. Yes. Don't play games with that thing. They go plop right there. <laughs> and when those little chicks are just born, they brood over them and they won't leave them alone. They, you know, when they go out, the, 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 the father, whatever, bird comes over and watches over them. Isn't that amazing? They're so there, and, and God uses the analogy of a bird, the way a bird takes care of his chicks. He could have used any. He could have used the analogy of a turtle. But he decided not to use the analogy of the turtle because the turtle will lay the eggs and then walk away. Yeah. And when the little turtles are born, they have to just look up and go, let me get there quick enough because I see the birds right there. They, are, are, you know, they want to use me as food. Right? But that's not what God said. God used the analogy of a bird. How a bird is so close and covers and gives heat and warmth and protection. What do the chicks do when they're hungry? They look upward and open up their mouth. And what happens? The mama bird comes and gives them a little bit of food, right? And that's what he invites us to that relationship so that all we have to do is look up in prayer. And God fills us with his word, with his grace, his wisdom, his divine provision. Hallelujah. Amen. He'll cover you with his feathers. And it says, you can rest in his shadow. I love it. Then the other thing that really got to me was verse 4. Because verse 4 also has a, a very powerful point there. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. The word armor is interesting. Now that the scripture is using it, the armor is a defensive covering for the body, right? But it's used for combat. Wow. Isn't that some insight? God is saying, I know you are going to have to fight in your life. I know you're going to have battles that, let me put it this way. Why would you put armor on in the first place? Huh? To protect you, but why armor? Just put, put some gloves on. <laughs> Vital organs, huh, interesting. But I think we have to go further. If I'm going to use armor, I, I'm going into a specific kind of battle. Hmm? No, but I'm saying, why would I use armor? You said, what proof? Bulletproof. See, when you're talking armor, you're talking about a heavy warfare. If I'm going to fight in the street, I don't know, I'll put on a sweater. So in case he throws me down, I won't scratch, you know. You know I, I don't know, I'll put a little a glove on. 
so, so I won't scratch my knuckles or something like that, right? But if I'm going to use armor, that means my enemy wants to kill me. You see the point? And the enemy knows, or rather, God knows that. So God protects us, literally. Uh, you know, it, his word makes it very clear. He says his faithful promises are our armor and protection. So if I'm going to go through heavy warfare, what do I need? Armor. His promises are our armor. Got it? So his word becomes protection to you. But it becomes armor when the enemy comes at you to try to kill you. Kill your faith. Kill your hope. Kill your purpose. Yeah, he's after your purpose. He doesn't want you to be a mighty man of God. He doesn't want you to be a mighty woman of God. He doesn't want you to effectuate, effectuate your purpose in life. He wants to kill your hopes, dreams, and desires. Look at when Moses was first born. What went through the mind of Pharaoh at that time? At the very same time that Moses was born. Kill all the firstborn. He wanted to kill Moses before Moses ever had a chance to do what he was called to do here on, in, in life. And I think about abortion. I don't look at it politically. That baby never had a chance to effectuate its, its purpose. That's one of the reasons why many times abortion is so heinous. I don't want to get into a political discussion now because, you know, the ones that are for it will always revert. But what happens if the mothers... I, I understand all of that. But that's like 1% of the reason why most people abort babies. Most of them abort because it's inconvenient. Because they don't want mom to know, and it was a mistake, or I'm not ready for it. Can we be truthful? Mm-hmm. It's very few and far between where the mother's actually in danger. So you know, uh, let's not get caught up politically. When a life is shut down before it's a chance, that could have been a doctor, it could have been a president, mm-hmm. it could have been a surgeon, it could have been a teacher, it could have been a minister, right? But in the same way, some of you grow up and the enemy still tries to kill your purpose. Some of you just fresh, you come to God, you, you receive Christ in your life, you're excited. You know what, he, what the enemy does? Immediately, he attacks your faith. Immediately, he'll attack the words that God spoke to you in that church service or in that small group service. Immediately, he'll throw that age-old question, has God really said that? Did he really mean that he was going to use you? Yes, he meant it. <laughs> but the devil wants to try to cancel your faith bef- before it ever has a chance to have its full recognition and, and full ministry here in this earth realm. I remember, I was 15 years old. I came to Christ. I went to my room. What happened to me? Suddenly, I started hearing a voice. What's the use? Take your life. You know this happened, that happened, you're going nowhere. You know what mom said, this and that. Literally, I felt an overwhelming fight that moment. And I got scared. I said, what is this? I didn't know what, was, what I was, I was 15 years old, man. I just, the only thing I cared about was basketball. And baseball, of course. Baseball, too. I love baseball. And suddenly it hit me. Whoa, I need to get on my knees and I need to pray to God. Because this thing, this is overwhelming me. You know what I did? I got on my knees. And I prayed to God. And immediately that thing lifted off of me, almost like if it was a mantle. It just lifted right off of me. Right? I didn't know at that time it was the enemy trying to take me out, 
so I could never become what God called me to be. You see? And guess what? When you, when, when you come to Christ, that's not the moment when, when God decided, oh, oh, new one. Okay, let me use him in this or let me use him in this. See, God knew you before you were ever born. Years after I became a minister, my dad confessed to me that his grandmother, his grandmother, my great-grandmother, told him, you're going to have a boy. She prophesied to him, you're going to have a boy, and that boy is going to be a minister like me. I'm not going to see him because God's calling me up. I'm not going to be here too long. This woman talking to him like that. My great-grandmother prophesying to my dad. My dad wasn't a Christian. He knew nothing about it. He just knew that she used to pray and people would get well. That's what he told me. But later on, he remembered that when I became a minister. He says, you know, my grandmother said that I would have a son and he'd be like her. That is so cool. You know why it's so cool? First and foremost, God knew me before I was ever born. And you know, the scripture says that. He knows us. He knows our substance. Even in the womb, he knows us. You are unique and God has a ministry for you and, and you're precious and you're special and you're amazing and the enemy doesn't want that here on earth. Wow. But he protects us and now he gives us that spiritual armor. Put on the whole armor of God that in that day you can do battle and be able to stand. Praise God. Amen? Then I remember one time when I started dating my wife, her mother, you know, she's the one that preached to me. She would, she would invite me with Bustelo. Smart woman. She would make warm bread and Bustelo. And I would go in there and I'd sit down and, and, and she would give us Bustelo. Then she'd open up the Bible. And then she, she would bring me into a little a Bible study. I didn't know what that was. I said, oh, that's interesting stuff. But when she started talking to me about the words, I said, wow, I never knew the word said so, such wonderful things for us. And one day she says, you know what the Lord says to me? The Lord says, you're going to be a pastor. I said, what's a pastor? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So all we need to do is get in God's shadow, go under those wings, and open your heart up to God and watch that God will start speaking to you about who you really are. You can't ask your friends because they don't know who you are. Yeah, I ask my homies and my homies tell me who I am. No, man, they don't know anything about you. They think they know you. I remember when I first came to church, I, I got in there and the same week, the same week, one of my friends comes, I know why you're in church. You're in church for the girls. Serious. I went, no, no, serious, uh, God has touched me. Uh, the word uh, is, is amazing, and, and I love being in that place, right? No, they, they couldn't believe it. Ah, you're not going to be there for long. You watch. You're, you're, just, you're just there for the girls. So what, some 40-something years later, I'm still here. Amen. I did get the girl. <laughs> but, but it's interesting, though. I went to church with my friend, Gwendolyn, and her sisters, because her mother, she shared the word. So I went to church wanting to know more about this, and I came to Christ at the church. But it was that, that investment that she made. You know, I don't know how much Butello cost in that day, <laughs> but that was a great investment because she got me in a place where I was totally engaged in hearing God's word. She used love. She used tenderness. 
And when I went there, I, I connected with Almighty God. But the truth of the matter is, the minute I connected, the enemy tried to take me out. But praise God that I was under his protection. I was under his grace. I was under his favor. And I didn't even know it at the time what it was. I just ran to God. Because this feeling, this notion, take your life, it's worthless. You know, you know what you experience. You know what it means. You know, you look at your family and all that stuff. I hated being part of that family. But yet, that, all that turned around. Because I realized, oh my God, they're precious too. And they have been attacked. When God started opening up my eyes, I realized, oh my God, I, I can't hate my parents. I can't hate my cousins. I can't hate this. I had one cousin of mine. My man, I think he's still in prison. <laughs> I mean, he was one nasty, bad dude. And this is what I was connected with. And for me, that was the normal. That was normal for me. I'm sure you all have a, a similar cousin or something like that, right? Or, or an uncle. But the truth of the matter is, is today my family looks at me as one of the people that are connected to Almighty God, that if they need anything, they'll ask me for prayer. Isn't, isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? And so they're looking at you the very same way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hallelujah. It's a hallelujah. But who is it that they go to when they need prayer? They go to the hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Because they know we have that connection. Amen? That the beautiful thing about it is that it's not just for the, the pastor to have that connection. All of us have that very connection. Say to your neighbor, you have that connection. You have that authority. See, we all have that privilege when we come before God. Yeah, but you don't know. My life is all messed up. You, you don't understand. If you knew me, I don't care. Come on. The cross is more powerful than your past. Yes. Praise God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever you've done, there is love on that cross for you. Whatever you've done, God invites you. Don't worry. Come to me. I will cleanse you. I will reveal to you who you really are. You know, um, there's a, a stump of wood, right, in, in the forest somewhere. Most people will look at it and they'll say it's a stump of wood. A master wood carver will look at that stump and say, oh, man, perfect. He'll cut it, bring it into his shop, and start cutting away. And out will come out a beautiful figurine, right, of, maybe of a horse, of a, a ship, or whatever it may be, right? People say, well, where'd you get that? Well, it was there all along. Saying God knows how to cut you up in such a way where he reveals your true self, the true treasure that you are. Most friends see us as a stump of wood. Most family members see us as a stump of wood. But God sees who we really are. And it's only in him that that will be revealed. Amen? So let me read it one more time as I close. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. Notice what he's doing there. This I declare. How do you declare? You speak. He was speaking God's word. He was reminding himself and he was reminding the principalities and powers of this truth. He was applying God's universal word to his own life. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. He is my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap. That means traps will be formed against you. 
but he'll rescue you from them. He will rescue you and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Come on, give him some praise. Hallelujah. Word. His word. Amen, amen, amen.